0: Yeah, it sucks seeing a team that has no money win when the Jays with twice as much can't.
1: 2.4 wins above replacement? Probably oh my all God, that. Is.
0: That's the best? That's horrible. Well,
1: oh, the Blue Jays, cumulatively, the Blue Jays have 11 wins above replacement for their lineup. And, you know, when Just... I get those questions, what I hear, I hear more, 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 more. And welcome to episode number 157 of Artificial Turf Wars, the last episode this year before we start quoting Rogers Hornsby. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I'm joined tonight by Joshua
0: Howsam. Josh, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. How about you?
1: It's going all right. It's going okay. Um, We're winding the season down, and we still have news about the Blue Jays, because the games still matter. Not to the Blue Jays, but (laughs) they're playing teams where the games might matter. Uh we had yeah. some some drama. We had um we heard that Vlad didn't work out and then we heard that that really wasn't true and that what we meant by workout wasn't workout and on and on that went. So we'll go into those those niggly little details and probably talk about Vlad's season overall. Uh Kevin Biggio, since we last talked to you, hit for the cycle, which uh is definitely notable. Um Anthony Alfred hit his first career home run, a walk off, which is also notable. Uh, Anthony, and and then we get into the kind of weird stuff. Uh, The Jays avoided 100 losses, but Anthony Kaye missed his last start with some some pains. Giles finishes strong. Loris Gurriel Jr. had an apodectomy. Um, Bobachette has a concussion. There's a guy named Bravik Valera who plays for the Blue Jays all of a sudden. Uh, We have your questions. And of course, uh, we're going to hand out a gold star because Mike Miner is deserving of one in my humble opinion. And not because he got his two hundred strikeout. Okay, let us begin. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> the, games, <laughs> the games matter to the opponents, anyway, because we are still on a potential collision course for some ties in the American League wildcard, correct?
0: Well, not even just ties. If Cleveland wins their game today, you know, recording this, they just started playing against the White Sox, they'll be one game back of Tampa for the second wild card spot.
1: And one game back is is exactly where you uh you want things to be if you're in favor of as much chaos as possible. And really yeah, don't want absolutely. Tampa to to win a wild card position as I believe you and I both hate Tampa just in a way that only Blue Jays fans can hate them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I bet that if you went around the league and you tried to explain why the Blue Jays hate Tampa so much, you would just People just stare at you blank faced.
0: Yeah, there's no, like, is one of those teams where there's no reason to actually hate them because like, they're Tampa. Like, who cares? But to a Blue Jays fan, that's just not a thing. No, because the park is trash
1: that they have to go to, and they always lose their more often than not, and it doesn't matter how good or bad the Tampa team is, the Blue Jays seem to play under their expectations, and then, with no money, they went out and took uh, some division championships and playoff appearances that I'm pretty sure the Blue Jays fans feel like they had a right to, somehow.
0: But <laughs> you know. I don't even know if that's part of it. I just think it's a constant losing to that team, whether they're good or bad, in, the, in some of the worst ways, too.
1: I think it's the fact that it's that, but it's also the fact that the team... You know, went out, and in a division where Blue Jays had the excuse of, oh, well, it's got the Red Sox and the Yankees in it, it's really, really tough to win in this division. Tampa blew a raspberry in that, like, three different times uh, with less money. And it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's
0: probably, that's definitely (laughs) probably true for some people, but definitely, probably that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I've never actually considered that. Like, yeah, it sucks seeing a team that has no money win when the Jays with twice as much can't and it does kind of invalidate that excuse but it was just always just the the head-to-head stuff that just made me not like them
1: regardless of how you look at it the tampa bay rays make the blue jays look bad i think we yes. can agree on that <laughs> whichever <laughs> angle you're coming from so so we want to see tampa suffer through as much uh, convoluted confusion um and possibly not making the playoffs as possible in the last few days so uh what can the blue jays do about that they can win. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. We're back on having to beat Tampa, which they're generally not great at.
0: No, they are generally definitely not great at this. But I keep throwing these definitelys in there. They don't make sense. I'm a little off my game, apparently. <laughs> um, But it's nice. I mean, in a season like this that the Jays have had where it's just it's been bad from the beginning, right? They just they have not been a good team. And then they have been at times a terrible team and at times a, you know, just not good team, but never good. And to the fact that they're now playing games in their last weekend of the season, which have playoff implications, it makes it fun to watch. And, you know, to give you a reason to say, to actually care about the outcome, which, you know, there there wasn't much of a reason to care in that series against Baltimore that just concluded.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the, the series against Baltimore was the ultimate, are we really doing this at this point of the year? But that's, that's how sports works, right? You got to play out the string regardless, because when they write the schedule, they don't know exactly what's going to be happening three days before the end of the season. But yeah, the Baltimore series was like, I, I don't even know if there's any real pride there. Of, well, I mean, you know,
0: that that series mattered so little that when they played this previous one in baltimore there was an article written where someone dan Connolly, interviewed the fans and asked them why they were there
1: and i can't object to that (laughs) that angle of the story
0: no it is actually a legitimate question it's like why the heck are you here like what brought you to this silly game between two teams with 90 plus losses you paid
1: money to be here (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And so the fact that that's not the case for this series is exciting. And, you know, the first game is Tyler Glass now is scheduled to pitch and he's pretty great. But, you know, the Jays have won a bunch of series lately against teams that are pretty good. So if they can play spoiler, that would be a really nice note to end the season on.
1: Yeah, can keep Buddy Boshears off the mound for the majority of innings and uh, maybe Brock Stewart out of there. You know, could be good.
0: yeah, yeah that, 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 those two not pitching will help the chances of winning. although there's not a lot of pitchers who really will help the chances of winning too much.
1: this is yeah, this is the thing. Oh by the way, as, as also as far as absurd things at the end of the season, um, I thought was really funny is apparently they took a bunch of volunteers, I'm guessing that were in the Blue Jays stands and then they they moved them all to one section and they packed them all together. And they filmed them for promotions for next year, reacting to imaginary home runs and, and uh, base hits uh, while the game was going on at uh, the Rogers Center.
0: Wait, what? I missed this. Did you missed this on
1: Twitter? This was like, I think it was the second game of the Orioles series. They, they actually... Dude, I'm
0: planning my wedding. I'm not on Twitter very much <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: they, they crammed a bunch of people into a section so they could film some excited fans for a promotion. During the game. Yeah! Wow, yeah, how is were... this not a do-over? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but you already have people there, and they're legit fans. Like, it's better than bringing in a bunch of like people off the street to try and be excited. Oh, I don't know, jumping up in the air for a newspaper article.
0: Yeah, I know. But maybe like asking to stay for twenty minutes after the game, <laughs> not so you just get random cheering in the middle of play. That's ridiculous. It was great.
1: Uh, they had some screenshots for people like in the 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 two two hundred level above those people. It's just like a, a sea of empty seats and then like 10 rows wide and 10 rows deep just packed with people. It's great.
0: Oh, that's incredible. It's also a nice way to save money on advertising because you don't have to pay extras. Yeah, exactly. It's economical
1: <laughs> and ridiculous all at once.
0: Oh, that's really funny. I wish I'd seen that.
1: <laughs> oh, Okay, so that's um, essentially what's going on this weekend, the, the final three games, um, which... It, <sighs> I'm not as sad as for the end of the season as I have been even other years where the blue Jays weren't competitive. I just feel like just get it over with personally. I, uh, I understand why it would be more interesting for you or for some fans, but I'm just like, just get it over with this season is a write-off and it didn't even include um, some of the things that, that we were really hoping for like a real, Maybe rookie of the year chase or, uh, you know, someone breaking through on the pitching side and not, I don't know, blowing out his ACL.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that view too, right? But I think that's just sort of like, if you're the type of person who is just a baseball fan in general and is, will watch, you know, like a Washington Cleveland game, I think that that's just playing off in that series, just because of the playoffs implications, then... This makes you more likely to want to watch these Jays games than just playing out the string.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's true, and and that's that is you know it's something. It's better than nothing. Um, well, let us move on to the most dramatic story of the the previous whatever week and a half, two weeks. Um, Vlad Junior, we were shocked to find out does not work out in the off season, and then we were even <laughs> even more shocked to find out that that was a ridiculous misrep- misrepresentation of something that he said. And probably shouldn't have been broadcast out there in the first
0: place. Yeah, I mean, I get it though. Rashard Danny was the person who first reported this. They were having it was a wide ranging interview about the off season in general. And Vlad essentially was saying, probably, I mean, he, he, this is what he sent said, said afterwards: like he's never had like a serious workout program like designed through through the off season that he's had to follow. It's not that he's never picked up weights in his life, which is how people seem to treat it
1: which was really weird to me cuz i was like cuz immediately people were like so the video of him flipping tires was just like it never happened cuz i don't think you start your routine where you're you know kind of messing around and go you know what i haven't ever done anything today but i think flipping some giant tractor tires would be a good way to start to see my if my upper body strength is okay
0: yeah so it was really one of those much ado do about nothing things but you know when there's not a lot of else to talk about and i think that a big reason you said you were going to talk about his season right i think that that's a big part of it right he was tearing it up the way people thought he might and you know he, he ended up on a disappointing note he didn't finish well i'm just, you know like i was saying i was still taking the over on that 290 batting average well i missed hard there unless he goes like 18 for 18 somehow in these three games <laughs> but so i think that that combined with the general disappointment at his season even if that disappointment isn't necessarily well placed made that story a lot bigger than it probably should have been.
1: I think people are very much clamoring for answers why their superstar isn't a superstar yet. And I understand that because, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in that sense of his, um, he did not launch onto the scene like Fernando Tatis Jr. did, um, or, you know, Juan Soto or any number of other young players. A- and I think that was even maybe magnified a little bit by Bo Bichette showing up and averaging more than a hit per game and going okay well what is Vlad not doing and then people immediately want a simple explanation oh Vlad's out of shape that's what it is and I don't think that's the simple explanation is is realistic
0: no and but I, I think when you combine that too with how he's finished I mean he hasn't homered at all in September his you know again OPS not the greatest measure but his OPS for the month is 560 so he's finishing horribly and when people look at that, it's like, oh, he can't get through the rigors of a season because he's fat and because he doesn't work out. And it's just or it's his first time playing this many games. And it's just that happens. And he's 20. Like, you know, but I just think that that's a big part of it. And I think it's going to be by the time next spring rolls around. I think what will matter is if he shows up out of shape because he did show up out of shape this year to camp. Right. That was the story back then. He was yep. huge. Yeah. And the Jays apparently were, you know, that was part of the pinch running for him early in the season was basically sending measures like get in better shape. If he does that again, then it will be a story.
1: Yeah. And I think probably a, a legitimate gripe because if you look at some of the footage from him in the AFL before this year, he's a big kid. No question. Mm-hmm. But he's not, uh, you know, the thick with two C's thick that he was when he showed up to camp and when he entered the season. That he um, you know he he did not do anything to stay slim and trim clearly over the off season, and I don't know you know it, obviously it didn't matter to him that much, um but I think this is an off season where he gets a a real chance to evaluate you know, what he needs to do and and there's a lot of players who've not had success trying to um manage their weight. Um, even like you know Vernon Wells used to talk about it was easy during the offseason and then during the season it was tough to keep that routine going and then there's other guys who have have really dove into conditioning because it makes it easier for them to continue uh, and I can't think of a name off the top of my head but where you fall in that continuum I think has a lot to do with you know your previous experience and and who's talked to you and how they've talked to you about it and you know, maybe it just hasn't, hasn't really been a conversation Vlad's had at any length with anybody yet. Cause he hasn't, like you said, had a full season to reflect
0: on. Yeah. And he's never had any issues previously. I mean, he's had some minor injury stuff, but in terms of his conditioning or his ability to perform, he's just been able to show up and hit. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that this will be important. I have no expectation that he won't put in the work. I mean, it's one of those things where you don't need know you need to do something until you get shown that you need to do it, essentially. Indeed.
1: Uh, one other thing I want to mention that came out of that whole rigmarole, which random fact that blew my mind,
0: he has two children. Really? Yeah. Vlad Jr. has two kids. Wow. Yeah, didn't know that,
1: huh? <laughs> nope. So, I mean, I get the he's just a young man, he's just a kid, he's da, da, yeah he's also the father of two children. So, go figure.
0: Wow. I was unaware. Yeah.
1: Up until that article, I was also unaware. <laughs> There's some perspective for you. Maybe he had some other things to do with his time in terms of raising children. Um, his dad has a lot of kids as well. I think his his, his dad has... I think somebody said, and again, I have not verified this, but I believe it was eight children with five different mothers for Vlad Senior.
0: Also, a lot of kids. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's move on from that. But anyway, but yes, much to do about mostly nothing at this point. But well, something will be something to watch going forward.
1: Absolutely. Uh, okay. So things that happened on the field. Gavin Bisio happened
0: all at once in the coolest way possible yes I agree there's nothing like finishing the cycle with a triple
1: wow there's a whole you know sort of internet joke that goes around um about being a triple shy of the cycle because it's really easy to be a triple shy of the cycle relative (laughs) to all of the other things you might be doing with your time Um, so yeah, in his, in his final plate appearance, Kevin Biggio was a triple shy of the cycle and he hit a legitimate triple. Um, which is, it's, I feel like the two guys who previously did it for the Blue Jays did, did have their, their cycles were a little bit tainted because their final hit was a single and the single wasn't really a single.
0: Yeah. Singles into the gap where they just stopped at first base. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, it, you know, from a pure, uh, curiosity standpoint, it was, it was really nice to see. I think it went along well with a week where Kevin Biggio was really, um, you know, finishing much stronger than say, uh, Vlad was.
0: Yeah. I think there's something we should also talk about Chris quickly with Kevin Biggio too, when we finish talking about the cycle, because there has been a slight change in his approach that we've alluded to in the past, but this cycle was fun. Right, I mean, it's one of these things where like the the games mean nothing. It's like if you happen to be watching a Jays Orioles game in Baltimore <laughs> in the middle of September when both teams, as we mentioned, are on with a ninety five plus loss seasons, something like that. You being rewarded for your your passion and your dedication with something cool like that makes it worthwhile.
1: Yeah, completely. I I agree. Um, so yeah, a special moment for people who really stuck with um a difficult. Part of the team uh, history, so to speak. Uh, and that, that's really neat.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just before you go on quickly, though I was going to talk about with, with Biggio and the change in approach, previously on this podcast, we had talked about what could happen if he started being more aggressive. Yes. Earlier in counts. That has become a specific focus of his this month. He's ta- the team has talked about him doing that and he tried it. Now, September results not the most predictive, but during the month of September, he has hit 304 with a 430 on base and a 594 slugging. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. It says, okay, I didn't lose my mastery of the strike zone because I, I picked on pitches earlier in the plate appearance.
0: Yeah. The strikeouts are still high. 25 strikeouts in 19 games, but there's 13, 15 walks with that. And yeah, if you if you can be aggressive, and can still take your walks. That's pretty good. This comes with a 415 batting average on balls in play. <laughs> so that's
1: that's the smoke but, and mirrors portion of the program, folks.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Kevin Bizio's is not a guy who's ever going to hit 304. Like that's just not it. But if he can be a guy who hits 250 instead of a guy who hits 230, massive difference in his value.
1: Yeah, but and teams are much more afraid to pitch to him if he's if he's. That much more consistent when he does make contact. Yep. Um, just as a note, if you you know if you look at his fan graphs wins above replacement, um, somehow he is the most valuable Blue Jay this year, which I don't think any of us were really seeing when he got called up. Wow. Yeah. Two point four wins above replacement.
0: Probably oh my all that. That's the best. That's horrible. Well,
1: oh, the Blue Jays the, cumulatively, the Blue Jays have. Eleven wins above replacement for their lineup. Huh. We'll just leave that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to talk about the pitching staff, which I'm sure is underwater in that regard. Um, well, I mean,
0: they only have two people who actually qualify for the batting title.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just look- I'm looking at guys <laughs> with just more than twenty plate is just to rank that out, and and I believe the number two guy is still Eric Sogard. Yes, he is Eric Sogard has 2.2 wins above replacement. Uh, Nobody else is is even close to two, really. Yeah. Okay. It's been a rough year. Okay, moving on. Uh, Anthony Alford, whom they just simply would not let play, decided to fool them all and make, make everyone pay by hitting his first career home run and doing it in the 15th inning as a leadoff walk-off home run.
0: Speaking of things where you're rewarded for your dedication. <laughs> this was the fifteenth <laughs> inning of Jay's Orioles in the second last series of the season.
1: Did not catch this, this live. A- I okay, I'll be perfectly honest. I have a job where I get called out at night um on a on a you know an on-call schedule, and I was standing on the side of the road following this game, waiting for someone to meet me, um, and wondering when it was going to end. This is long after I would have normally been in bed. The only reason I was I was even around was because I had been called out to work. Wow. So, yeah, so somewhere after midnight, Anthony Alford hit his home run.
0: <laughs> no, That's pretty funny, yes. I also did not see this game. Uh, it actually wasn't after midnight. I don't yeah it was. It was, it was five hours and yeah. something minute Five hours and
1: twenty minutes or whatever. Fi fifth, six fifty yeah, hours twenty minutes. Game. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: the game yeah, the game it would have been about twelve thirty. Thirty Yeah. twelve <laughs> twenty eight when that game ended. Huh. Yeah, I missed this. And it's sad because you know, as this has become very abundantly clear, I love Anthony Albert. <laughs> and seeing him not play much and struggling when he does play has been not fun. But seeing him get a walk off bomb for his first home run, that's pretty cool.
1: Uh round of applause for Mr. Alford. And we, I mean, I really hope the future holds something good for this guy, but I have a feeling that the next thing is, is being uh, DFA'd somewhere.
0: We'll get into that in one of our questions, but yeah, it's, the future is tough to see for him a little bit.
1: Uh, all right. So running through the other things here, because none of them have a, a great amount of detail. We the, the Blue Jays avoided 100 losses mathematically, which was nice. Just psychologically, I think is really all we're talking about here,
0: yeah, I really, really did not want them to lose a hundred, so the fact that they're not even at risk of it anymore is it's good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, like it's like there's no functional difference between losing 99 and losing 100 there's a very big aesthetic difference between losing 99 and 100
1: yeah that that decimal point that that extra slot digit whatever you want to, yeah it's just so wrong to be there um so congratulations blue jays you're not a 100 lost team um still gonna pick up a real sweet draft pick
0: though <laughs> yeah
1: Anthony K missed his last start opportunity, which is unfortunate because, I mean, I think we were seeing something out of Anthony K that was interesting at the very least. Um, Not with, like, shoulder impingement or anything, with some back muscle pain as I read it. Uh, But he said
0: it's not even muscular, so they're not 100% sure what it is.
1: Yeah, that's not what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, and we don't really understand what's going on. Like, that's... (laughs) but he's got all season he's got all off season to rest up now so i guess we'll find out after the fact
0: yeah and he did. he did look solid and he gave up nine runs in 14 innings which is not great but he looked he had more strikeouts a little decent velocity and he looked like a guy who could be in the mix for a job in this starting five next season and so seeing his season end abruptly like that was a little disappointing.
1: So, yeah, it was his final line was 8.36 uh, strikeouts per nine, 3.21 walks per nine, but he did not give up a home run despite all those runs.
0: Yeah. So there was just some weird sequencing, and also there was some very bad defense in one of his starts, which was kind of a theme with the Blue Jays this year.
1: <laughs> I like how we, we comfortably, like, we keep trying to look in a different direction to see where the Blue Jays were okay, and we keep seeing something worse. Like, if we let's not look at the... The hitting because it was bad and we look at the pitching and it was worse and then we look at the it's like oh let's just stop looking at things um
0: i mean when you look at a team that's got 95 losses there's not gonna be too many things that are good
1: yeah they have to <laughs> assemble all the crap in one one pile in order to amass that many losses
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um you know the one guy who you, we should mention because it's been a worry is um is ken giles and whether or not he's going to be you know, showing any value as the season winds down, and, that, and uh, you had some thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I think he's very clearly answered the question that he's fine. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's been really, really good, and I mean, he hasn't pitched on back to back days, but that's not because he wasn't needed; it was because the team was bad. Yeah, and he
1: still struck out fourteen guys per nine innings, which is still really, really good, even
0: in this strikeout environment. Yeah, I mean, Ken Jaws was objectively one of the very best relief pitchers in all of baseball this year. Like, There's just no argument against it. I mean, yeah, whatever measure you go by, modern ones, old ones, like his ERA is 1.9, you know, and like you said, like 14.2K per nine, 82 strikeouts in 52 innings. He only blew one save. Everything he could have done when he was actually able to take the mound, he did fantastically.
1: And if I had a vote, I would I would vote to not trade Ken Giles. I feel like if this team's going to be something next year, having a lockdown back end of the bullpen guy in place already, who's got a, you know, a good track record and is really, he's not really an old guy, would be an asset to the team.
0: He's only 28. Uh, I agree. Uh, I do not want them to trade him. Actually, he's 29. He just turned 29. So he'll be 29 all next season. So we're good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and he has a track record. This isn't one of those relievers who pops out of nowhere and has a fantastic season. You're like, oh, we got to keep this guy. He's not like Dominic Leone, right?
1: No, Ken we Johnson's got him been- because he was uh, he was an, a real asset, which shocked the heck out of us for Roberto Osuna. It wasn't, he was not a throw-in. He was a guy who had some, uh, you know, a bad fit in Houston. It looks like a great fit here. Don't mess with what already worked.
0: And he likes it here. He's comfortable here, like. When is the last time that that happened? Like a star player? Well, actually, it's happened quite a few times recently. I shouldn't say that. But you know, like the star player who, like, he says he wants to stay here. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. The last one, I guess, was Donaldson. But, like, this one's not going to cost as much as that guy. So <laughs> now, that said, if the Jays don't believe that he's a guy who could be here longer than next year, Donaldson is a kind of a good example of what can happen if you say oh let's start the season with him and we can trade him at the deadline yeah so if they trade him it better be for good value otherwise they should keep him for sure
1: i would much rather see them extend him though absolutely uh now on to the injury report uh lourdes guriel jr had an appendectomy which presumably ended his season rather abruptly
0: yeah i think he's the only guy ever to go on the 60 ddl for an appendectomy (laughs) (laughs) A little,
1: a little roster shuffle thing there, but it's all good. Yeah,
0: because they had to get uh, the most boring pitcher in baseball back onto the roster. Ryan Dahl. Yep. Yeah.
1: I, of all the, He names- is
0: a boring pitcher, though, which is why it's so amazing. He's like 92 miles an hour, nothing <laughs> particularly fancy in his breaking stuff. He just gets the job done. He lives up to his name perfectly. But anyway, yeah, Guriel. And then uh, – no, go ahead. I'll just say it's too bad because – we were, we were talking about bright spots in the season and how there weren't that many. He was definitely one. Yeah,
1: yeah. We learned a lot of good things about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, and then, you know, unfortunately, couldn't stay on the field because of an injury. And then there was this little uh, weird non-baseball thing that happened to knock him out of the end. So not, not how you want it to end. Um, the other guy who is probably not going to be back, I'm, I'm betting they err on the side of caution here as well, is Bo Bichette because of the concussion protocol.
0: I think if he plays again, they're insane. yeah, dude's got a concussion. These games, yeah, they mean something in the sense of Tampa, but they don't mean anything in terms of the blue jays future. so do not risk any more long term brain injuries to your star shortstop
1: absolutely and and i I you know everyone was sort of making fun of it, but they pointed out that Justin Smoke knew that that Bo was suffering in the game first of all. I will, I will chime in with the crowd that says, if you get hit in the head area by a pitch helmet or otherwise, you should automatically leave the game immediately. That's not what happens. Bobachet got hit um, by a ball, sort of, some people say it was deflected into his helmet. I don't really care. Um, And then an inning later, he gets taken out of the game because among other people, Justin Smoke noticed that he was not feeling good. Hmm and said, you know, you can tough a lot of things out. Not this. Don't play tough. I'm like, yeah, why would you play tough with a concussion after everything we know about concussions and CTE and all this other stuff? I don't get that macho attitude about head injury.
0: Yeah, I Dalton in Pompeii what it's like staying in a game after getting a concussion and what that can do to your career. Yeah. Like, it's and that's not... That's why... It's not like, like You, it's you not, and Ross... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, you and Ross, former writer with our sites back in the day hates Ernie Witt with a passion mostly because he did that he left Dalton Pompey in that game after he got hit in the head and basically knocked out at second base and he went out to center field for three innings and then he never recovered yeah sorry go ahead
1: it's it's not like guys with concussion issues or history are ever very far away from you in baseball No, it's not like anyone is counseling anybody. Hey, you should really just tough it out and stay the game. It'll be fine from Aaron Hill to Justin Morneau to uh, Corey Koski, Yeah, over and over again, a guy can be out months and months with concussion symptoms and everything says the sooner you lay low and follow the protocol and chill out, the better chance you have of recovering why wouldn't there's nothing there's nobody going hey you better stay in the game i know you got your bell rung but you know it's just better for you nobody says that
0: yeah and
1: the very last note i have as a note is um okay bravik valera am i pronouncing that correctly
0: i think so (laughs) is an actual real person
1: not generated by the mlb the show 19 algorithm um, in order for the Blue Jays to fill out their roster, they have they have put this man on the team. Uh, as I understand it, he he he's wearing number seventy four, one of the classics, and he was a Yankee earlier this year. I've learned all kinds of things about Breivik Valera.
0: He was a Cardinal in twenty seventeen, a Dodger and an Oriole in twenty eighteen, and he's a Yankee and a Blue Jay in twenty nineteen. Is he
1: like the Ezekiel Carrera of uh? Of infielders, where he just sort of bounces around. At hey, you're you're useful, and just not useful enough for us to you for, to keep you for any length of time.
0: I think Ezekiel Carrera actually had locked down some roles. He was, but <laughs> after he joined the Jays, he was there for three yeah. years straight. But I guess uh, is, is that the hope that it did yeah, I I don't really get it. I mean, I guess it's just sort of the thing where it's like, well you know, one of our infielders is hurt. Why the heck not? So my money is
1: on the following that the next time they play the world baseball classic Bravik Valera will be on one of the
0: rosters.
1: (laughs) I don't know what team he's going to be playing for because I haven't looked into it that deeply, but I feel like he is, is the kind of guy you bring to the WBC with you.
0: He's Venezuelan. It's kind of tough to crack that infield. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Maybe,
1: maybe, you know, as a, as a, pitch hit runner replacement or something <sighs> all right so that is you're up to speed on the blue jays before they wind it down so to speak um, but we're going to come back with your questions and of course a gold star uh, right after this and we are back Yes. Once again, I've managed to figure out how to turn all of this recording equipment on. Isn't that amazing? You know what? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Now, I am going to go to that stinger where I, you know, introduce the questions by pressing a button, and we're going to see if it works or not. Usually, there's more delay.
0: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
1: Here are the rules. First, I ask a question. Then you ask a question. Now, how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? But when I expect there to be a delay, there is no delay. Yeah, thanks. Good job. Anytime. Anytime I can kind of screw that up, um, we could go. Okay, so first question. Brian Donnelly, uh, which is in this window here. It says, uh, at Brian Donnelly 8, what are the odds that the highest payroll commitment for the 2020 season will be Tullo's buyout of $14 million?
0: Uh, Pretty good. (laughs) I, I don't see an obvious... Con- there's no in-house contender to top no, that.
1: No. I think he's asking, mm-hmm. do they do they sign any real free agents?
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that there's no arbitration award that's going to come north of that. I just figured that was good to clear that up. Ken Jaws is not getting that high. I think that there's a chance that they could sign a pitcher you know, to a $17 million a year deal for two years or something like that if they get the right offer. But I think it's... I'd, I'd say it's better than 50-50 that that will be the highest commitment
1: i i would be on the other side i i would take that that the any free agent contract that they sign i think at this point in the inflationary spot um is going to be more than 14 million dollars a year i think you know i think well, even if they uh, pick that, up
0: a, that's if they go get someone right like if they play in the matt shoemaker pool again and it won't be that's sort of what i'm getting at
1: i think they're gonna have to play in a bigger pool sooner rather than later but we'll see Jarrett Cole I hope so slide that uniform on anytime (laughs) enjoyed Zach Wheeler (laughs) second question Matt Sweeby at Blue J Matt it's time for the big question pineapple on pizza also is there any Blue Jay theme for your wedding that would be you Josh because I got married ages ago and are the tables named after famous players there's a thought but first pineapple on pizza Josh yes no the
0: answer is look I can just give the same answer to all of these things no (laughs) Wow. Uh,
1: I am fine with pineapple on pizza. I used to like it more than I do. And I, I know there's no room for nuance on the, the internet. Given that's the only pizza I can have, absolutely, I'd eat Hawaiian pizza. But um, it would not be one I would order specifically.
0: I don't like sweet things on pizza. Like, I don't even like onions on pizza. That's why. And and to each their own. God yeah, forbid. I, you yeah. can do it and I won't, I won't <laughs> complain. You, you eat whatever you want. I just won't eat it.
1: All right, uh, hit me with the next one.
0: Okay, this you might have trouble answering this, but Dan in PHX at The Great Fadoo asks what changes or impro- improvements will be made over the winter to the Rogers Center. Do we have a specific list yet? Oh, God, no. No.
1: Okay, so uh, I would have to think um, they're going to, we already know they're going to extend the netting. We just don't know how far. Um. I feel like there's there is a real impetus to because they don't have to convert the stadium anymore to do something with the actual seats, Um, whether it's, you know, obviously replacing the seats and changing the angles is difficult, but now it's not impossible. So I I think they could go there and I would also not be surprised to find um, a complete revamp if they find if they're really talking about a renovation of, of of one of the upper levels, um, you know, just sort of to to get, get a fresh look completely for concessions and, and everything else in there. I think all those things are potential. Do I think they'll all happen at once? No, but I, I do believe it's there. I think they know they have an old stadium and it's, it's hurting um, how many people they get in there on a nightly basis.
0: One thing to note, they did announce today that they're doing the winter fest or whatever it's called in January again, if that is happening, there are no major renovations going on. Well, no, they're not tearing anything
1: completely up. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Luke, you know, in in the Bravik Valera question vein, um, Luke gets split there to ask, why the heck does Charlie keep on batting Valera at the top of the lineup?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I guess it's one of those things where he likes to the, the weird manager quirk where they like to keep guys in the same spot in the order. So Bichette went out and he was the leadoff hitter. So Valera was hitting leadoff, even though Valera's not good. Yeah. Well, that
1: way you don't quote I, unquote mess up everybody else.
0: And also I think they just don't care anymore. It's like games don't matter. Screw it. Okay. Valera, you bet leadoff Charlie Montoyo,
1: And this keeps coming up, you know, quietly because it hasn't really mattered but does not seem to have a management philosophy that I'm going to like when the game is really
0: on the line. I agree. But I also think there's a potential that essentially he's in the I don't care that much mode either because when he was asked before the season about what his strategy was as a manager and how he was going to operate, he's like, well, it depends on what we've got as a team and who we have so i think with this team that's going nowhere he's just trying to do anything he can to try to get something to happen so i wonder if he'll be different when the team is actually good yeah or he'll even be here when the team gets good that's
1: more likely what i'm thinking anyway hit me with the next question
0: okay this one comes from dave church at dave underscore church one of our patrons thank you very much dave Actually, we've got a couple of patron questions, so I won't just single you out. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the Jays' 11 billion outfielders make the team next year?
1: Um, I feel like Dave asks the same questions in a three-week rotation, and that's his secret. Um, Randall Gritchick, that's the easy one. Lourdes Goriel Jr. is the other easy one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Teoscar Hernandez and Derek Fisher because of reasons there you go there's your four
0: yeah i'm gonna say there's probably a fifth but i'll get to why in one of our later questions
1: all right uh andy at underscore rally cap hey andy what's up uh what kind of crazy person doesn't like the symptom simpsons which is a podcast question for some reason
0: well because i used a a simpsons (laughs) gif when i created the tweet and then then Jen Smith said that I don't watch the Simpsons, but that's good gift usage. And then that was Andy's response. Um, <laughs> it's a great show. And it was a great show. I don't know about so much anymore, but uh, I not who cares. <laughs> it's like he wants
1: a specific kind of crazy person. Like if I go, well, a schizophrenic doesn't like the Simpsons. Is that a kind of crazy
0: person? Hmm, I like this. Uh, it's attempting to define levels of craziness. <laughs>
1: parse the question. What kind of crazy person? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, everyone should at l- least like one season of The Simpsons. But you don't have to like them all because there's too many.
0: Yeah. If you just have not watched it and you don't know, then that's just acceptable. It's confusing but acceptable. But I've I never met anyone actually who watched the show and did not like it.
1: I have strategized
0: it's from, its, from its heyday, I mean.
1: Yeah. I have strategized now to give you this question. Minor Leaguer at Minor underscore Leaguer asks, How do you think the 26 man roster in 2020 will impact Rule 5 protection strategies for this team's offseason? Who do you think the Blue Jays will protect? And, you know, when Just? I get those questions, what I hear, I hear more, 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 more.
0: Mor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a good thing we do this together. So this is what I was alluding to with the possible fifth outfielder. I think that this is the kind of thing that could help Anthony Alford next year. Mm. An out-of-options player with talent. Stick him on the roster as the 26th man and then hope that maybe something goes right. But as for the Rule 5 protection strategies, I'm not sure it's as important because, you know, you're keeping guys off the Rule 5. you're not you're you're leaving keeping them off the 40 man because they're not ready for your roster yet i think there's some guys like like big time reliever arms like say jackson mcclelland right i guess some teams protecting guys like that because other teams will be more likely to take that player and keep them all season because they have the extra spot like elvis luciano who is basically like a dead roster spot all year so i think it'll affect more how people approach the rule five draft more so than the protection as for the who the jays will protect I don't know that there's much of anybody that's worth it. I mean, Kirby Sneed, probably, Zach Jackson. I don't, uh, you know, in terms of guys that were eligible, a lot of them are in the big leagues now. So, yeah, uh, and that—that's that, pretty much it. The, the, those those couple guys and McClelland and maybe Forest Wall. You just wanted to say Forest Wall. All right. Why would I not want to say Forest Wall? <laughs> Next, this one's from x24 you win a draw at x24 rocks with the rough season danny jansen has had do you think he's still the number one catcher or do you think reese mcguire might win that job if he continues hitting pretty well
1: um i i kind of wonder if the blue jays could actually get away with not having a number one catcher
0: i think so i think a true time split with those guys could absolutely work and
1: that's kind of what i'm leaning towards is like you know what if if one guy appears to be taking the reins well then let him take the reins and if the other guy you know is you, you leave them both in the bigs um, so they're familiar with the staff so they're you know well rested and uh, then if one guy does get hurt then you just you know you're you're not really watching the quality hopefully drop off like n- anything
0: And um, yeah one hits right and one hits left that helps a lot too
1: yeah I don't think you're restricted though to a strict platoon right because then you get the one guy who only 20 no, percent of the time
0: but you can also make it so that the left-handed hitter plays only against righties yes and then the righty gets some starts against righties as well i mean that that you can maximize your catching production that way so get on that blue jays <laughs> <laughs>
1: colleen evans at colleen evans six who is also a super patron um says do you think the orioles would trade austin hayes to the blue jays if only to stop him from stealing home runs from, us, I presume, what combo of plier- players might make it happen?
0: Um, I think they would. I don't think the Jays would be all that interested in making a trade for Austin Hayes. I mean, he's a decent prospect, but he's not... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not as high on Austin Hayes as maybe some other people. He hasn't been that great in the minors the last couple of years. He, you know, he's doing well this September, but that's completely meaningless. So... Combo of players might make it happen. A couple of decent prospects from the Jays side, but I, it's not something I think they'd be overly interested in.
1: All right, and uh, is
0: it one more? Yep, from David Han at Davey Pants. Awesome Twitter handle. <laughs> which player currently on the forty-man roster will surprise us in parentheses in a good way in twenty twenty, and which player will disappoint?
1: Uh, Derek Fisher is going to surprise us. Absolutely. Ooh, bold. Yep, uh, and uh, I think Jacob back is going to disappoint us.
0: He has to do a lot to disappoint us. <laughs> um, I think surprise in a good way will be Yenzi Diaz or Julian Merriweather. You can see one of those big arm guys doing that. And disappoint us. I would say, I think, Ryan Barucki. I think that his health is a serious question mark. I'm surprised you didn't go Although with... I guess he's not technically on the 40-man. He's on the 60-day IL, so it's a cheating answer.
1: <laughs> you didn't go with uh, Randall Gritchick on that answer, which I feel like.
0: Well, I think this... Randall Gritchick is what he is. I mean, <laughs> Rowdy, tell us, then.
1: All right. He's still on the 40-man. It's amazing, and he probably will be next year. Also amazing. Okay, so we need to go one last item of business here, which is... I think that's brilliant.
0: So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. Um,
1: I usually have to explain gold stars and, and do-overs with context. This is a really unusual one in that uh, it kind of is an on-the-field, off-the-field thing. Mike Miner was chasing a season with 200 strikeouts. And obviously, uh, Mike was running out of time to do that, given that we are sitting three games from the end of the season. So with 199 strikeouts uh, versus the Red Sox, there was a foul pop-up, and now I've forgotten who it was. Um, Ronald Guzman was the first baseman. Who had the presence of mind to let the foul pop-up drop rather than catching it to give Mike Miner one more opportunity for his 200 strikeout, which he then got. So now Mike Miner is in the 200 strikeout club, which again round numbers, yada yada. I, I don't know if you remember this with Mark Burley and the 200 innings pitched. Everything they tried to do for him to get that for 10 years. So you know, these round numbers matter to people. I get that. So Pete Abraham um, a scribe so to speak, decided to voice on uh, his disappointment on Twitter which was Mike Miner's 200 strikeout should have a big asterisk. That was Bush. Chasing a milestone that way is unprofessional which almost rated a do-over but the do-over was far outshone by Mike Miner himself on Twitter, responding to Pete with ask me if I care, Pete.
0: <laughs> it's just like the who are you and why are you talking to me kind of response. It's just like you writers think you're more important than you are. Is what these players are saying? Yeah. It's like we're playing this game. We had fun and I have 200 strikeouts. I don't care how it <laughs> happened is a thing I'll always remember. So screw off.
1: Yeah, it, it it's the the nobody asked your opinion. You're just supposed to report on what happens. Uh, you know, view of things. And and frankly, I I completely agree now if I'm not mistaken, Pete Abraham is a Red Sox writer, but I could be wrong. He, he is, yes. Yeah. So it's of course it's the opposing team that he writes for. Shocker.
0: Yeah, I mean Alex Cora wasn't too happy about it either, the Red Sox manager. <laughs> <laughs> which i get that a bit more it feels like your team's being shown up maybe a little bit but who cares like it's for fun. it's all in fun it's not like it's not like the game meant anything to anybody both those teams are far out of the playoffs yeah and have fun baseball's fun <laughs> just
1: a just a friendly reminder baseball is fun uh okay that is a gold star you may hang it on whichever wall you like mike we won't even criticize you if you drop it um <laughs>
0: someone else drops it for you either <laughs> okay
1: uh that would mean that, that this is the point where i turn over the final thought to you sir
0: i mean i don't have much of one uh, i mean i guess my final thought was basically our opening thought i'm just going to enjoy watching these games and seeing if the jays can play a spoiler because screw tampa
1: <laughs> so there you go um i i would just like to reflect on the the drag that a, a lost season is. I, and I, I mean, it's not a high point to leave on or anything, but I, I really 162 games is a long time when there is not even the faint hope of competitiveness. And I don't think I, I remember a season where it's been this long of a stretch of, Hey, I, I got to look for some reason to be interested here. Um, so I really hope that the Blue Jays are assembling a plan for next year that is about being competitive. Um and I think there's the, the parts there to do it if you supplement. So going into the last three games of the season, I'm I'm really looking to next year. Uh and and hoping that you know the Blue Jays have established what they have as a core and are going to turn a corner and head towards brighter days. So that said uh, You have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem And I have been Greg Wisniewski At Coolhead 2010 And this has been Artificial Turf Wars Episode number 157 And we'll talk at you next week With maybe Some awards for our happy players